0: we are working no in a society that's very diverse we have 170 plus ethnolinguistic groups meron tayang mga uniqueness each of these ethnolinguistic groups no? and we, and if you talk about the the patients that we cater in healthcare no talagang, ano talagang very diverse very varied yung makakasalamuha mo you know health professionals we really need to be um, very much open about it uh, cultural uh, to be culturally sensitive about it okay Because hindi naman natin i-expect na agam natin bawat kultura di ba? but you know that, that sensitivity that you are coming from a you know a different cultural background uh i think in you need na, na develop and we in genetic counseling we have actually realized that very early on in our in our uh, training palang,
1: The Ask Theory podcast shines the spotlight on Pinoy scientists from various scientific disciplines. Listen to some of the country's best scientific minds as they explain what they do in simple terms, and share fascinating stories of how they got into science, the incredible things they've learned about the world around us, and so much more. Hi, PJ, and welcome to the Ask Theory Podcast.
0: Hello, Mikael. Thank you for the invitation to join you in this podcast.
1: Yes, and I'm very excited to talk to you today because our topic is something that even I, admittedly, wala akong masyadong alam. So I'm really excited to learn more about this. But before that, I'd like our listeners to get to know a little more about you. Can you tell them a bit about you and how you fell in love with science?
0: Yes, yeah, so I am PJ. Uh, PJ Abad. Right now, I am a faculty member at the College of Nursing in UP Manila, but I am also affiliated with the Genetic Counseling Training Program under the Department of Pediatrics of the College of Medicine in UP Manila as well. So, how I fell in love with science? Basically, it started no when I was younger. I think in default na na dream no ng ng mga um ng mga bata is to become a doctor. So uh, um well, when I was younger, gusto ko din tayo maging, maging doctor. No? But that actually evolved as I grew older. No? Um I remembered when I was in high school, I really fell in love with biology, specifically. And then kasi nung high school, meron kaming elective subject na microbiology. So I really, you know, um imagine ko yung sarili ko na lab work, you know, to become a microbiologist. So when I was in high school, they na imagine ko yung sarili ko to uh, pursue a career in biology primarily microbiology but during that time as well uh, nagboom kasi ang nursing ng time na yon eh so my parents they were also actually prodding me to go to nursing school no and since uh, childhood dream ko din naman maging doctor sabi ko why not no why not go to nursing school i can you know i can pursue uh, nursing afterwards or maybe i can proceed to medicine so that's why i proceeded to nursing school and then after nursing school parang naisip ko parang there's still you know there's still something that i'm longing for and i realized that it's actually my love for uh, biology so i went back to my love uh, for biology kasi hindi ko hindi na imagine yung sarili ko noon paano ko gagawin yung career shift na yon and then thankfully, a year after I graduated from nursing school, na-approve yung Genetic Counseling Master's Program sa UP Manila. Aha. And so, uh, nung time na yun, waga pa akong alam about Genetic Counseling. No, uh, I've read about what Genetic Counseling is, what Genetic Counselors do. Tapos nasabi ko, na-realize ko, mukhang swak yung um, yung field na yun sa akin. So, tamang-tama nga, nung pumasok ako dun sa program, uh, talagang na-realize ko na pwede kong pagsabayan yung love ko for biology and yun know, yung natapos ko sa nursing. No? So I was able to, to do that with the genetic counseling program. Interesting din kasi nung time na yon genetic counseling, it's very new in the Philippines. So medyo may excitement kasi alam kong part ako ng pioneering batch of genetic counselors sa Philippines nung time na yon.
1: Yeah, and even just listening to you talk about it, and just hearing the words genetic counseling, it's just it's just so impressive. Eh? Even if it's an unfamiliar, parang field for I I would imagine most Filipinos. Yung when you hear the words genetic counseling, and dami mo nahisip, In one sentence, what is your mission as a scientist?
0: Yeah, so actually two pronged. I'm no. so. As a nurse, of course, I would want to develop our profession, the nursing profession, along the lines of genetics and genomics. No? Gusto ko na yung nurses, I, they are actually competent to apply genetics and genomics in their practice. Kasi hindi siya malayo doon sa ginagawa namin as nurses. Eh. I mean, we just need to tweak the curriculum a little bit to integrate some technical aspects of it. And then nurses can actually they can maximize their role by actually applying genetics and genomics. So that's one. No? the second one that uh, that I'd like to to pursue, and this is along my research interest. Then is I want people to actually communicate about their family history, because um, family history is a major non-modifiable risk factor. No, ng ng madaming sakit, and when people actually know about their family history and they you know, communicate about their family history. Mas magiging informed sila about their risk, eh. no? So yun yung gusto kong tumbukan ng aking research areas at yun yung gusto kong na-cultivate pa dito sa Philippines.
1: Wow. That's really impressive and also very exciting kasi nga as you mentioned kanina, you were part of the pioneering batch of genetic counseling specialists or genetic counselors dito sa Philippines. And well, you did read a bit about it and you got to know what it's all about and na decide mo na swak siya. But for most people, I would imagine here in the Philippines, kasama na rin ako, we're not really that familiar with the concept of genetic counseling. But the word genetic, you know, tells us, gives us hints about what it's all about. So, just to answer that, what is genetic counseling and what exactly does a genetic counselor do. And ano ba yung pinagkaiba ng genetics sa genomics? Yung mga ganong terms.
0: Genetic counseling um actually itong field na to nag-start siya sa US no. Um mid 1950s to 1960s no. Isa siyang communication process na yung kaniyang goal is to help individuals and families to adapt doon sa medical, familial at saka psychosocial implications ng genetic uh, disease no so ang main concern paggasta sa genetic counseling ay yung mga sakit na mga namamana no at pagdating sa sa genetic counseling gusto natin na inform yung uh, mga pasyente natin yung mga individual patients natin and their families about how you know genetics and the inheritance of the condition uh, may affect you know, yung yung family niya, yung reproductive decisions niya. Uh, so basically, yun yung genetic counseling, no? And as a genetic counselor, kami ay mga masters prepared na mga uh, health professionals who help you know these individuals to understand the natural history of their condition, yung kanilang recurrence risk, yung kanilang pag-undergo ng genetic testing, at yung kanilang overall nam adaptation doon sa pagkakaroon nila ng isang namamanang sakit no. Na-emphasize ko yung namamanang sakit kasi ito talaga yung uh, focus ng um, ng isang genetic counselor or doon sa genetic counseling na process no. At doon sa sa sinasabi natin no kapag sinasabi natin na namamanang sakit ito gusto natin na ma-assess yung family history no so kame as genetic counselor, ang isang unang uh, ginagawa namin is really to assess the family history, no? Para tinitingnan namin ano ba yung possible na pattern dito sa family na to. At based doon, pwede tayong makapag-recommend bawa no, ng apupwedeng uh, magawa nila in order to decrease yung kanilang risk uh, sa pagkakaroon ng ng genetic na na condition. Ngayon, medyo mas nagiging prominent na yung tinatawag natin na genomics no. Dito na pumapasok yung sinasabi natin na genetic environment interaction no. Dahil alam natin ngayon na magaki ang ng, ng environment natin doon sa pagkakaroon natin ng uh, uh, ng genetic predisposition. Okay? Ang isang halimbawa dito, Michael ay yung uh, pagkakaroon ng hypertension. no, So alam natin na ang hypertension ay hindi talaga siya namamana in the Mendelian pattern of inheritance that we know. no, uh, Pero ang alam natin ngayon, once na meron kang first degree relative na merong hypertension, mas mataas yung chance na mo na pwede kang magkaroon ng hypertension. So that's the genetic predisposition of it, no? Uh, pero sa genomics, gusto rin nating makita yung environment. no Environment in the sense of yun bang taong yun ay siya ba ay sapat na physical activity, uh, siya ba ay kumakain ng high fat, high salt diet, mga ganyan. no, sya ba ay naninigiriryo, siya ba ay madalas uminom ng alak. So that's the environment component of it. So, Bagamat wala tayong magawa doon sa genetic predisposition niya kasi non-modifiable risk factor factor 'yon, meron tayong pwedeng magawa doon sa kaniyang um, environmental exposures pagdating Aha. sa diet, physical activity, exercise, etc. So, doon po ma-pasok yung genomics na aspeto ng uh, ng pag-uusap natin ngayon. At 'yun yung gusto natin na uh, maintindihan ng uh, ng kagamihan, no?
1: Ang galing na pwedeng mong tignan pala yung family history and malaman mo kung ano yung mga posibleng sakit na magkaroon yung pasyente just by looking at kung ano yung nangyari sa family members in the past. Although I am curious kasi uh, nagbigay kayo ng halimbawa ng isang sakit na, na po, posibleng may, you know, may connection sa family roots na naapektuhan ng environment. Pero ano-ano ba yung mga sakit na pwedeng ma-identify, ma-pinpoint, or maituro ka in the right direction through genetic counseling. And yung mga sakit na 'to ba, sobrang seryoso sila dito sa Philippines.
0: Actually, madaming sakit 'ta na puwedeng uh, makatulong isang genetic counselor or uh, makapag-benefit sa genetic counseling, no? Pwedeng uh, sa pediatric population sa so mga bata, no, sa so may mga sakit na nasa pediatric population or pwede rin yung mga sakit na adult concept na tinatawag natin, no? Siguro sa, sa puntong nito, makakapagbigay ako ng um, some examples, no? Um, hindi ko alam kung familiar ang karamihan sa atin tungkol dun sa newborn screening.
1: Mm-hmm. Newborn screening, yeah.
0: Oo. So yung newborn screening kasi, um, isa ito doon sa tinatawag natin na population-based uh, genetic testing program, genetic screening program na pinapatupad sa bansa natin. At... Uh, yung goal talaga nito ay ma-identify yung mga sanggol na merong tinatawag na mga uh, inborn errors of metabolism. So, itong mga to inborn errors of metabolism, hindi siya nakikita sa panrabas na anyo yung kanilang, um, yung kanilang inborn error of metabolism. Ito ay nakikita lamang kapag sinuri ang kanilang dugo no? for some biochemical testing. Mm-hmm. Nagdabanggit ko ito dahil, yung ating mga inborn errors of metabolism, ito ay mga namamana ng mga sakit. so ito yung tinatawag natin ng mga single gene ng mga conditions, no. so kung makikita natin yung kanilang family history, matutukoy talaga natin na na ito ay pwedeng mamana dun sa pamilya nila, no. nabanggit ko yung yung inborn error of metabolism dahil ito ay um, relatively common, yung kanilang kung titingnan natin yung incidence ng mga conditions na nakapag-oobs sa newborn screening program sa Pilipinas. Mm-hmm. Uh, isang halimbawa dito Michael yung G6PD deficiency you know, yung glucose 6 phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency. Na kung titingnan natin yung huling datos na nakalap natin mula sa newborn screening program, lumabas na ang G6PD deficiency ah, uh, ito ay nag-occur, no, for everyone in 50 to 60 na newborn, so ganun siya ka at ito ay isang namamanang sakit din ito. kung titingnan natin yung mendelian pattern of inheritance niya, ito ay namamana sa pamamagitan ng X-linked recessive na pattern ng inheritance, no? gusto natin na sa genetic counseling, gusto natin na ma-inform yung mga magulang tungkol dito sa uh, sa pattern of inheritance, sa ng G6PD deficiency nang sa ganun ay maging uh, aware sila no uh, doon sa uh, pagkakaroon ng G6PD deficiency ano yung puwede magawa para ito ay uh, hindi uh, magkakaroon ng komplikasyon no at ano yung puwede nilang magawa habang tumatanda yung kanilang anak no so ganun yung ano yung yung uh, ginagawa natin sa, um, sa sa genetic counseling um, G6PD deficiency, isa yang ito dun sa mga conditions na com- very common na na sakop no ng isang genetic counseling na, na pwedeng mag sa isang genetic counseling. Madami pang ibang mga sakit, no. Halimbawa, yung mga adult onset naman, uh, very common gen cancer, no. Halimbawa, breast cancer, no. Um, uh, dun sa breast cancer kasi ang alab natin ay sa lahat ng mga kaso ng breast cancer ang alam natin dun ay 5 to 10% ng mga 'yon ay namamana ibig sabihin ito ay mayroong gene na mayroong variant or mutation na kung saan ito ay namamana dun sa sa pamilya so yung 5 to 10% na kaso ng breast cancer yun yung very yun yung very subset of the population that can actually benefit from from genetic counseling no Wow. So siguro ano, ah uh, Michael, siguro natatandaan natin yung nangyari kay um, Angelina Jolie, no? Uh, Aha, yes. Yeah, yung uh, yung Angelina Jolie effect, no? Ah uh, kung saan uh, nagulat ang karamihan dahil yung nabaytaan nila na nagpadobol nagpa-double mastectomy si, si Angelina Jolie, no? Mastectomy meaning pinatanggal yung uh, breast tissues, no? Mm-hmm. And then kagauunan nagulat ulit ang karamihan dahil napakitaan na si Angelina Jolie ulit ay nagpa-double o oophorectomy. Ibig sabihin naman noon nagpatanggal siya ng kanyang ovaries, no? At ang dahilan kung bakit nakapagdesisyon siya na magpatanggal ng kanyang breast tissues at ovaries ay dahil nakita dun sa kanilang family history na merong merong uh, mutation, no, na napwedeng namamana. Um, sa pamilya nila At noong nagpa-genetic test nga si Angelina Jolie Nakita yung specific na mutation Ng hereditary breast and ovarian cancer Na uh, naipapasa doon sa kanilang pamilya no? So isa lang yun sa mga examples Kung bakit mahalaga na makita natin yung family history Bakit mahalaga na malaman natin kung Ano yung ating genetic predisposition? At bakit makalaga ang genetic counseling? Kasi hindi makakapag-desisyon si Angelina Jolie sa dapat niyang tahakin no, na a course of action kung hindi siya nag-undergo na genetic counseling process.
1: Pag kay kayo sa family history, gaano kalayo yung tinitignan nyo?
0: Yeah, so yung guidelines namin, uh, a minimum of three generation family history ang ginagawa namin no So, ibig sabihin uh-huh. ng three-generation family history, um, yung kapag tinitingnan namin yung pasyente namin, gusto namin na makuha yung information sa kanya mga magulang, kapatid, uncle at auntie. Ganon din doon sa kanyang loro at lora at mga kapatid ng loro at lora niya. So, at the minimum, yung uh, gusto natin na i-assess.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. Kanina, nabanggit mo yung uh, Mendelian pattern of inheritance. And it's it's oh, it's uh it's something I've come across. It's a term I've come across, but I don't really know how to explain it or define it. And I'm sure that a lot of our listeners medyo hindi rin familiar sa term yun. So ano ba yung sinasabi nyong, uh, Mendelian pattern of inheritance and how does that affect yung pagpasa nitong mga sakit na to from one generation to the next?
0: Yeah. So yung Mendelian pattern of inheritance, ito ay nangyayari doon sa mga condition na caused by a single gene, okay? The, the Mendelian pattern of inheritance actually tells us kung paano ito namamana doon sa pamilya. No? So, paano natin malalaman yung pattern of inheritance by actually looking at the family history doon sa pedigree na, na ginagawa ng, ng isang genetic counselor. No? Uh, meron tayong apat na uri ng Mendelian pattern of inheritance. So, meron tayong tinatawag na yung otosomal uh, dominant autosomal recessive, X-linked uh, recessive, at saka X-linked dominant na uh, pattern of inheritance. At may mga kondisyon na kung saan aram na natin kung ano yung kanilang pattern of inheritance. At yun yung gusto natin na ma-establish kapag nag-a-assess tayo ng uh, family history or ng family pedigree ng ating uh, mga pasyente. no In the course of genetic counseling, and after we assess for the family history or the pedigree we try to explain to the family as well no na ito yung nakita natin na pattern of inheritance so kung halimbawa ay autosomal dominant no so kapag sinabi kasi yung autosomal dominant ito ay nakikita doon sa mga autosomes ng chromosomes natin so if you remember yung biology class natin ang tao meron tayong meron tayong 23 pairs of chromosomes, no? So yung first 22 pairs, yun yung tinatawag natin na autosomes. And yung last pair, the 23rd pair of chromosomes, that's the uh, sex chromosomes. So kapag pinag-uusapan natin ng autosomal dominant na inheritance, ibig sabihin nun na yung gene na tinitingnan natin ay somewhere within the first 22 chromosomes. And kapag sinasabi naman natin na X-linked, uh, inheritance, ibig sabihin na yung gene na tinitingnan natin ay nandun siya sa X chromosome. okay mm-hmm. So, yun yung ina-assess natin, no sa pamamagitan ng family history. Kung kinakayangan na mag-recommend uh, ng genetic testing, uh, nag-recommend kami na genetic testing para lang ma-establish unang-una yung pattern of inheritance dun sa pamilya. Tapos pangalawa, gusto natin na malaman kung ano yung specific na uh, gene mutation na involved dun sa family na yon. So in the process of genetic counseling, we explain you know the pattern of inheritance, we show to the family na ito po yung na-assess natin sa family history. And uh, by using the family history as a guide, we explain to them in laymanized terms no yung uh, yung kanilang family history and what it means for them
1: wow so are there any other instances na dapat maiisip ng tao na ah, magpapa-consult ako sa genetic counselor kailan ba yung mga pagkataong yun
0: yeah so um uh, madami no madaming indications for um genetic counseling ang isa diyan mga birth defects no so mm-hmm. Uh, kapag mayroong instance ng birth defect sa family, uh, it could be an indication for uh, genetic counseling. An example of a birth defect na yung katulad ng inborn of errors of metabolism na nabanggit ko kanina. No? So kung halimbawa mayroong kamag-anak na na-diagnose ng G6PD deficiency, then that's an indication that probably kinakailangan ng genetic counseling because it would help them to know about their uh, recurrence recurrent risk about occurrence risk and how to manage and adapt to the condition no so birth defects uh isa pang indication mm-hmm. Michael is yung paulit-ulit na nakukunan no recurrent pregnancy oh. loss so um uh, madaming pwedeng maging dahilan ng uh, paulit-ulit na pregnancy loss pero isa doon sa pwedeng maging dahilan is uh, a, a genetic uh, or chromosomal abnormality in one of the parents no so, kaya pwede duon doon pumasok yung genetic counseling sa aspeto na yon So, recurrent pregnancy loss is another one. Pangatlo, pagdating naman sa mga adult onset conditions, halimbawa yung cancer, no kapag yung cancer ay nag-occur siya earlier than what is expected epidemiologically, usually, ano yun, no it's an indication for genetic counseling. What do I mean by that? So, halimbawa ang breast cancer, Epidemiologically speaking, we do not expect breast cancer to occur in a woman aged 50 years old or younger. Kasi epidemiologically, you own breast cancer, yeah, expect natin siya for older women, no? So, usually as a 60 years old pataas yan. But if it occurs ng less than 50 years old, that could be a genetic red flag, no? And it could indicate that there's something going on uh, genetically and that there could be uh, a genetic uh, predisposition to develop breast cancer. So that's also another uh, indication. Isa pang example, uh, Mikael, is breast cancer ulit, no? If a breast cancer occurs in a male person, okay? Mm-hmm. So if there's an instance of male breast cancer, very rare ang breast cancer in a male person kasi, no? So if that if, if it occurs, then that is also a genetic red flag na kinakailangan mayroong genetic counseling uh, na mangyari. Uh, another example would be kapag halimbawa uh, mayroong uh, madaming instances of cancer that occurs in one family. So halimbawa, yung yung tatay nagkaroon ng prostate cancer. Tapos yung kapatid ng tatay na yon mayroong breast cancer. Yung nanay nila mayroong ovarian cancer. Okay? so makikita natin dito there's clustering of cancer in the family that is also an indication for for uh, genetic counseling. so dito mahalaga na alam ng mga tao yung kanilang family history, no? sa pang pagdating sa cancer, no, madami pang mga indication yan. pero kung lilibat tayo sa ibang condition na ito very common then apparently sa sa Philippines si Ong Bangungot, uh, Michael, no? na oh. kanina, no? okay. Uh, ang Bangungot Colloquially, ang alam natin ito yung mga nightmares no, ng mga sleep paralysis. But yes. in fact, oo, But in fact, you know, bangungot is actually um, known as a medical condition as early as, you know, 19, 1900s in the Philippines, no. So it was actually uh termed as bangungot sudden unexpected nocturnal death syndrome. So usually strictly speaking, ito ay nangyayari sa mga otherwise healthy men na walang ibang uh, morbidities, yung ibang sakit, na bigla na lang namatay sa kanilang pagtulog. So that's that's bangungot. No? And uh, yeah. ito ay isang namamanang sakit din, apparently, um, dahil isa doon sa clinical uh, criteria for diagnosis is actually a family history of sudden cardiac death. No? So kapag merong family history ng sudden cardiac death doon sa pamilya, then that's also an indication for for genetic counseling, no? So, madami, madami pa tayong ibang mga indications ng, ng genetic counseling, no? From womb to tomb, you ating uh, mga indications, uh, Mikael.
1: I have to admit my mind was blown <laughs> nung nalaman ko yung to sa bangungot. Kasi ako din, i growing up, ba? Ang ang sinasabi ng nila, huwag kang matulog pag mo lang kasi babangungutin ka. So, that kind of framing ng yung parang cause and effect ng bangungot parang ang layo niya sa, sa idea na it's actually it, it's, it, it, you can trace its roots in genetics. Yes, 'di ba? It's a it's really interesting. Napa napaisip tuloy ako. Merang mang mga sakit na dahil Pilipino ako, medyo dapat mas maging aware ako o mas maging matakot ako na mas mataas yung chances ko because of my race.
0: Well for one bangungot, no? It's it's really something that's Filipino, no in in that sense. Kasi yung, yung, well, I'm going I'm going to call it the bangungot phenomenon, no? So it's, it's something that's been described among among the Filipino population lang, no? But the sudden unexpected nocturnal death syndrome kasi has been um, described in other populations, like, but they are called a, a different term, no? So for example, in Japan, there's also sudden unexpected nocturnal death syndrome there, but it's called another term. In Vietnam, it's called another term. But what is quite interesting is that um, apparently, yung sudden unexpected nocturnal death syndrome, usually mayroon siyang ano eh, uh, mas mataas na um, risk kapag ikaw ay sa Southeast Asia or South or East Asia. no So mayroon wow. ganung mga pag-aaral. No? Um, but other, other conditions that I can think of na no, very Filipino, no in a sense, is yung tinatawag natin na x dystonia Parkinsonism. I don't know if you've heard about it, uh, Michael no? No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, so so the X-linked dystonia Parkinsonism, we also call it XDT. or mm-hmm. in uh, vernacular, uh, we call it rubag. no. If you have relatives, seguro, or if our listeners they have relatives who are from Visayas, they may they may you know know it as rubag. And what is very interesting about this, uh, Michael, is that if you look at the clinical uh, criteria for diagnosis. Uh, one of the criteria there is that there should be a maternal uh, ancestry that can be traced back to an island in the Philippines, Panay. Mm-hmm. So it's also called your your Panay dystonia. No? Uh, nakita natin na halos lahat ng mga cases ng uh, X-linked dystonia Parkinsonism, they can actually trace their maternal ancestry to, to Panay, any of the provinces in, in Panay, but uh, uh, mostly in uh, Capiz and in uh, Antique. no. So the XDP is an x ring recessive condition which manifests with, um, with movement disorders. Park- merong Parkinsonism and dystonia, so there is involuntary relaxation and contraction of um, muscles. So... Mm-hmm. It's an it's an adult onset condition hindi alam na merong XDP yung isang lalaki no um, until he is well in his uh, mid 30s or early 40s no so this is extremely recessive that's why majority of the cases of these conditions are male no and the female mm-hmm. the mothers are actually uh, carriers the female are actually carriers of the condition and this occurs dahil nga nag-o-occur siya sa isang pamilia, no, no, pamilya, pamilia, siya occur because it's it's inherited, and because the movement actually resembles someone who is actually transforming into something that's monstrous. Sabi ng mga ibang anthropologists, ito daw ang dahilan kung bakit yung aswang is something that's connected to to panay, to copies, to antique, etc. No, so may mga ganung mga pag aaral when in fact yun pala ay isang genetic condition we now call X-ring dystonia, parkinsonism.
1: Wow, that's even just yung dalawang nakwento nyong uh, examples. It tells a lot about how much or how little we generally know or understand about uh, diseases, uh of the genetic variety dito sa Pilipinas. Which uh, leads me to ask, based on your personal experience, how would you describe yung Filipino's general awareness and perception about genetic counseling?
0: About genetic counseling, probably I would say um, very uh, very low, pa, no? Mm-hmm. Not only among the general population, but also among physicians you know, and other healthcare uh, professionals. We're actually, in our program in UP Manila, we're actually starting to uh, do some strategies in order to make other health professionals, uh, especially physicians, aware of what genetic counselors do and how their patients can actually uh, benefit from from genetic counseling no but uh, um, medyo malayo pa yung tatahakin natin uh, pagdating dito no? in the philippines right now there are only 14 15 now genetic counselors no wow yeah so so ganun pag ang kami ka uh, of course the other genetic counseling work it's being done by our clinical geneticists the clinical geneticists are physicians who have training in clinical genetics no so they're the ones who diagnose these genetic conditions but even them very limited pa rin yung number nila. i think there there's only uh, 10 or 11 clinical geneticists all over the philippines and now genetic counselors were 14 or yeah naging 15 na lang kami this year kasi mayong isang graduate uh, ulit from from our program no um uh, mm-hmm. so major bagayo pa yung yung tatahakin natin uh when it comes to you know disseminating propagating the the information about uh, what genetic counseling can do and uh, what you know uh, how patients and their families benefit from uh, from genetic counseling although nakatutulong talaga yung newborn screening no kasi when we started the program way back in 2011 yung anchor tagaga ng ng genetic counseling training programs sa Philippines it's really newborn screening no, so dun pala puma pasok, so so that all newborns diagnosed to have one of the 28 inborn errors of metabolism, which is which are part of the newborn screening program, lahat sila they undergo genetic counseling as part of their management. So yun taken care of na yon, no? Uh, but in some other specialties like in cancer, so na ko kanina how important genetic counseling for cancer cases is. For cardiology, so I, I mentioned about uh, Bangungot, S-U-N-D-S, and other cardiovascular uh, conditions, No, they can also benefit from, from genetic counseling. Unfortunately, right now, hindi pa siya ka-mainstream, no? uh, particularly in this uh, medical specialties.
1: Ah, so there's plenty of room for development pa of this field, uh, not just I mean not just the field itself but also yung yung general awareness ng Pilipino about it.
0: Yes, definitely, definitely. Actually ngayon kung iisipin natin medyo tumataas yung yung awareness ng mga tao pagdating sa genetics, no? Uh one of the reasons bakit ganun kasi nga we do sequencing sa COVID-19 variants etc. So, parang mm. medyo natunog sa mga tao ang, ang genetics variants etc. Yes. So they know about it, no? Uh pero how uh, can this you know, affect their health and what uh, yung pwedeng maging implications ng the uh, mga variants when it comes to their health na and then looking at their family history ito yung hindi pa nadedevelop sa kamagayan ng ng kakamihan dito sa Pilipinas
1: and i would i would actually say na your field is very cool in general like and daming damon pwedeng malaman na hindi mo expect about the links between diseases and your genetic history but personally, what's the coolest or most interesting thing that you've learned as a genetic counselor?
0: Ako siguro, ano, it's really the, the interface of our culture. And yung culture kasi natin, di ba, it's a mixture of, you know, the traditional and then the colonial um, culture. But of course, how it interfaces with the Western, um, Western model of medicine. Kasi... Yung, yung model namin ng genetic counseling the mendelian patterns of inheritance those are you know very much very western no um mm-hmm. so early on in my studies as a genetic counselor nareyo guys katagay yung um, interface ng culture at saka ng, um, ng genetics no i'll give you one example um uh, ito hindi ko talaga sana makalimutan I was not the genetic counseling student uh, during that time, no? But I vividly remember this case that we had seen in clinic when I was still in training. There's this couple. I think this was a, a prenatal consult. So yung, yung couple, they're pregnant, no? And then we assessed for their family history kasi nga, uh, they wanted to... Know uh, something about the risks, etc. No, and then when we assessed for their family history, we noted several instances of males in the family who are actually dying very young. No, and they are actually manifesting with uh, motor paralysis. No, so maya progressive na paralysis. No, starting from their lower extremities, and then you know just assessing their family history, it looks like that. It's a type of a muscular dystrophy no na, that's affecting the family uh, which is x-linked so ibig sabihin tar, males lang yung majority ng cases and then females are actually carriers of the condition no and then we try to explain you know that the student actually tried to explain kung ano yung nakikita namin din sa family history that this is something that's you know inherited in the family this is x-linked recessive um and this is how it happens no, in, in the family you know what happened to the couple? Specifically, uh, I forget now kung, kung sino yung nag-react. um I think it's the mother who, re- uh, who actually reacted negatively about it. Uh, because all the while, they thought that what's actually causing the early demise of male uh, members of the family, they were actually you know, uh, thinking that it's Kulam. Kulam? Yeah. Oh. So it's Kulam. And they were actually there, the prenatal consult, and they wanted to ask us, "Sana how to actually stop the kuram. Ah, but for us, parang alam mo yon. Um, alam mo yon, we were actually injecting a, uh, a Western uh, explanation to what is happening to their family. Pero sila iba yung kanilang framework when they came to us. No, so makikita mo talaga yung pag clash noong adalang framework na yon, very traditional framework which is also still valid no? kasi that's yes. how do you see the, the condition eh. But us we're also trying to inject a different way of actually looking at it. So dun mo tayo makikita uh, first hand, real time, no? kung paano mag-clash yung dalawang framework na yon. And uh, sadly, no, the, the couple, they just walked away uh, from the clinic during the time. Hindi na namin ano sa kanila. And uh, after that happened, we came to realise, ako personally I came to realise how important, you know, cultural competencies in our practice, particularly in our practice, kasi sobrang dami ng mga cultural beliefs that may actually impact how Filipinos well not only Filipinos but other culture as well, no? How we frame, you know, the conditions that we are experiencing, how the how we frame the diseases that we are experiencing.
1: I love how you brought that up because it brings me back to one of our very first podcast episodes, early podcast episodes, in which I talked to a uh, public health specialist and he brought up that need na for medical professionals in the Philippines to learn more about yung culture talaga. Because, exactly, that situation na mo, that is exactly like the best example of why it's important to not just focus solely on yung Western ideas of medicine or not just immediately invalidate yung mga cultural norms ng Pilipino. Because a lot of that, may mga links, may mga connections na hindi natin nakikita on the surface. Pero pag pinag-isipan mo, and especially from the perspective of a health professional with that knowledge of Filipino culture, di it can explain
0: a lot. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it, it actually gives us an information, you know, how they cope. You know, kasi using all these rationalizations coming from the cultural beliefs, it can actually give us an idea how they cope 'di ba how yeah. they perceive the condition to be you mga ganyan so um sa amin sa, sa genetic counseling we we're, were very much sensitive about about it no um kaya right ngayon kapag kami nag-explain uh, before we provide the western explanation you know the, the pattern of inheritance uh, for example be, before we provide provided we ask them no ano, ano ba yung naiintindihan nila dun sa condition na yan uh, kasi baka nagbasabasa na din sila or talagang ng mayroon silang preconceived notions about the about the condition and we'd like to um hear from them ano ba yung alam nila dun sa condition na yan and um, if there are you know, cultural beliefs that may impact how they perceive the condition, we try you know, to offer an alternative explanation. So we frame it like an alternative explanation to it. No? So it's not you know, invalidating um, what they perceive to be the cause of the condition, but you know, uh, somehow supplementing it with another uh, framework that they, they can actually use when they try to understand uh, or, or have a second look at sa, the sa condition.
1: That is beautiful. I just want to share you now uh with our listeners uh, for pe- for long-time listeners of the podcast, they, they know I'm a huge comic book fan. So whenever napag yung mysticism and science going together, I I think back to an issue of Spider-Man that I read some years ago na talagang nagstick sa akin. Basically, yung story do is uh, Spider-Man was uh doubting whether yung source of his powers are actually scientific talaga because we all know the origin, yung kinagat ng gagamba, he gained his powers, or if they have a mystical side to it. So he ends up on this very long adventure na hindi ko nai kanto. Pero yung point is, at the end of the adventure, he talks to this uh, Native American spiritualist. He he ends the story without, no, without closure, without that answer, na parang, are my powers science-based? Are they mystical? And the... The uh, the spiritualist that he talks to gives a very meaningful answer, at least for me. Ang sabi niya parang look at the sun rising and setting. So you can tell me all of the science, the laws of thermodynamics that go into uh, why the sun rises and sets from our perspective, and I can tell you that the sun rises and sets because it's meant to, and I don't see any contradiction there.
0: Yeah that, that's true that's true especially that we are working no in a society that's very diverse we have 170 plus ethnolinguistic groups meron tayong mga uniqueness each of these ethnolinguistic groups no and we, and if you talk about the the patients that we cater in healthcare no talagang, ano talagang very diverse very varied yung mo. you know health professionals we really need to be um, very much open about it uh, cultural uh, to be culturally sensitive about it okay Because hindi naman natin i-expect na agam natin bawat kultura diba but you know the, yes. the sensitivity that you are coming from a you know a different cultural background uh, i think yung need na na ma-develop And we in genetic counseling we have actually realized that very early on in our in our uh, training parang tagaga
1: so I really hope that everyone who's listening, whether you know people who are already professionals in the field or yung mga students palang na who want to pursue kind of this track someday, maalala nila yung lesson na to uh, from this podcast. You know, I wish I, I wish we had more time to talk. Ang dami ko pong itanong, but maybe that's for a future episode. But for now, what's the best way to contact you if, for example, our listeners want to learn more about what you do or maybe want to consult with a genetic counselor?
0: Yeah, so um, right now kasi I'm full-time in the um, academe. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I seldom see patients na lang ngayon. Uh, pero mas gusto ko nga sanang mas tumitingin pa na mga patients. But if ever that they need um, genetic counseling consultation, they can just you know get in touch with me through my email. So my email is um, pbabad.up.edu.ph if i sa kanila a genetic counselor, I can uh, refer them to other uh, genetic counselors non, uh, based in UP Manila. So yeah, so, through email, that's the best way that they can actually get in touch with me. And what's your
1: final piece of advice or nugget of wisdom for aspiring genetic counselors or genetic nurses or scientists out there, especially those who want to practice their craft here in the Philippines?
0: I think yung um, best advice ko tayo, guys, really a lot of determination, you know. Ano eh, uh, sabi ko nga yung, yung favorite quote ko na hindi ko tayo makakalimutan, na sinabi din ng aking mentor sa genetic counseling is that great things do not happen, you know, suddenly. It takes really time, no? So we just need to be really patient and in the process to also be kind as well. So, determination, patience, you have that, you know, that strength of character, and uh, I think that will um get us to where we uh, would like us to to be you know, in the future. So yun lang, ano, Mikael?
1: This was a great episode. I really learned a lot. I say this, I think I say this every episode that I really learned a lot, but that's what I love about being the host of this podcast. Lagi home may bago. Like, I think I am, I think I, These it, these conversations are proof that walang limit ang pwede matutunan with science, talon lala na with so many diverse fields. And this one in particular, yung uh, genetic counseling, it's a really important field that I hope uh, our interview would help more people, more Filipinos get to know more about this very uh, crucial part of knowing or understanding their medical history. So thank you so much for sharing your time and your expertise with us. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did and that I can invite you to another episode in the future.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much to Mikael for this invitation. I also enjoyed this podcast. This is actually my first podcast. I didn't know what to expect oh. at first but I also <laughs> did enjoy um, you know, uh, participating in this podcast. So
1: thank you so much. Stay safe and keep in touch.
0: Yes. Thank you so much.
1: Hey everyone. I just wanted to share that Flip Science has officially launched its second book, Science Scramble, over 200 amazing facts and incredible stories. Indulge your curiosity and enrich your mind with this illustrated book full of fun trivia, surprising tales, and mythbusters, all related to science. Check out Flip Science on Facebook, Flip Science page on Twitter, and Flip Facts Daily on Instagram to learn more. Also, follow Flip Science on Shopee if you want to buy our current and future books and merchandise.